What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Three Seed Podcast. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It's Friday, and you know what that means. Coming at you live with another conversation with two marketers who are making it happen, and they're from the Lesson Lee team. I got to tell you, I asked the market, who's doing really good content right now? Who's got a good brand? Time and time again, the Lesson Lee name kept popping up. Lesson Lee's right here in Indianapolis, so I said, you know what, it's early. Let's organize a call with their content team and chop it up, and that's what we did. So I'm excited to be bringing that conversation to you. And man, when I brought up forums and bad content experiences, struck a nerve, got a little fired up. That made me excited. That's the fight we're fighting here on the Fathom side. Uh, going up against bad content experiences. If you're interested in learning more about what we're doing and you want to be on our wait list, you can find that at meetfathom.com. Drop us an email. Not going to spam you. What we're going to do, send a curated uh, newsletter to you on a weekly basis. And when it's time to learn more, we'll, we'll let you in on that surprise. So definitely go check us out there. Follow us on Twitter at meetfathom. Follow us on TikTok and on Instagram promoting this show at the 3C Podcast. So many plugs. Oh, yeah. Are you subscribing to this thing? If you're not, what are you doing? Hit that subscribe button. I'm excited to bring this conversation with you with Rachel and Olivia with the Lessonly team. I learned a ton. You're going to learn some too. Let's kick it to the conversation. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I am excited to have a duo of marketers from the Lessonly team. Um, I got to say, when I jumped into this role and I pulled my networks and said, hey, what are some B2B brands that are inspiring you? What are B2B brands that are creating good content right now? Without fail, the Lessonly name continued to come up. And so being from Indianapolis, Lessonly's in Indianapolis, I figured let's talk to some members of the Lessonly content team and see what they're up to and how they're thinking about marketing. So I have Rachel and Olivia. Before we jumped on, we were talking about the weekend and we were talking about our Super Bowl predictions. Um, so we've got that as we record this going into next week. But without further ado, how are you doing, Rachel and Olivia? Great. Awesome. Thanks for having us this morning, Brett. Yeah, excited to be here. Thank you. So I guess maybe we can start here. How does that like when I how does that make you feel in terms of knowing that Lessonly is a brand you're contributing to the Lessonly brand on a day-to-day basis as part of your role in creating content. How does that make you feel to hear that marketers from kind of all over the world, all over the country say, yeah, Lessonly is doing some cool shit. Like they're, they're inspiring me. Like, how does that make you feel? Maybe Rachel, you can start with it. Yeah. I think it's probably one of the most inspiring things uh, that I have heard recently. Um, I think it kind of adds fuel to the fire on a daily basis of like, what can we do in a cutting edge way for our content? How can we keep pushing ourselves to take it to the next level so that we still keep up that brand affinity from both customers and guess, you know, other viewers and people who aren't even customers uh, across the country. So it's something that piques everybody's interest and that everyone kind of comes back and says like, wow, I really love what you're doing on social or I read this blog post or this ebook. So I think if anything, it's very inspiring. And then it just keeps pushing us to be innovative and think of new and creative ways as we approach content on a daily basis. Absolutely. What about you, Olivia? To Rachel's point, honestly, it's so motivational. I feel like just hearing that people are enjoying what we're putting out, but it definitely is challenging us, I feel like, to to think about what's next, like what other ways can we meet customers where they're at, meet prospects where they're at. But it's so encouraging too, you know what I'm saying? It's like one of those things like, 
anything that you work on, you obviously want people to enjoy it. You don't want to just like sit around and float in the ether. There's like so much information out in the world. So the fact that we're having the opportunity to work on things that's getting the right people's attention is inspiring. It's so fun. Yeah. And it, for me, it was fun to hear that response from the market and just being familiar with your company, what you're doing, being right down the street, knowing several people that are working on the Lessonly brand. I just thought that was really cool. It was like, all right, Indianapolis companies making it happen. Like a lot of people are enjoying what what you're putting out there. I'm definitely familiar with Lessonly. I know a lot of people are, but maybe for anyone who's listening, Rachel, why don't you maybe brief the audience on what Lessonly does? Yeah, definitely. So Lessonly provides training and enablement enablement software for frontline teams. So think, you know, your customer service teams, your sales reps, your AEs, um, and we provide training software so teams can kind of stay on the same page, especially right now when a lot of us are remote. You know, how can you push out information and keep your workforce up to date? And, you know, scaling kind of information and training with new products, services, processes. So your prospects and your customers are having a very consistent, but yet unique and great experience with anyone on your frontline team. Definitely something uh, needed by a lot of different industries at this point. I was just talking with you about joining this company, you know, during the pandemic and onboarding at my kitchen table. And, you know, we're small enough where um, a product like Lessonly probably doesn't make sense for us right now, but I can definitely see like bigger companies that are bringing on, you know, dozens or hundreds of people a month, having something and a piece of software that, you know, gets people onboarded and trained accordingly, being a, a very valuable solution, especially right now. Maybe we can talk about this and I, I want to jump into what you're doing at Lessonly, but I thought it was interesting when we chatted last time we got into this conversation about companies that inspire us. And there's this, you know, I, we've talked with all, hundreds of marketers since, you know, this company's been formed and the response when we, we've asked like, what companies inspire you most of the time? the response is not a B2B marketing company. It is a B2C marketing company. And I just like, I'd, I'd love, first of all, maybe you can, both of you can respond to that. I'd love to hear maybe like what b to it can be either, but like what companies inspire you? And then maybe we can dive into why B2C seems to be so far ahead of the game right now. So Olivia, do you want to maybe mention like a, a company that inspires you from a, a content or marketing perspective? For sure. I know we had touched on this last time we chatted, but we actually did an activity sometime last year. I can't remember exactly when on our marketing team, because obviously Lessonly is B2C. We're business selling to businesses. But we were looking at how B2C companies do marketing and they're just so much more human. But anyways, this activity was basically an opportunity for us to identify the parts of B2C marketing that we love most and bring those to B2B because like, yes, we're selling to businesses, but ultimately we are selling to like people who work at businesses. So we did an activity where everyone wrote, like filled in the blank on these cards that our CMO Kyle Lacey gave us. It was what would blank do? And so we were instructed to fill it in with the B2C company. So I wrote Disney and I think Disney is just kind of the poster child in a lot of ways for me of like creating magical experiences for people. Like if you've ever been to Disney World or Disneyland or watched a Disney movie, even like it is just such a fun experience in general and and they create magic with their content and in their marketing and outreach and just the way that they service the people who use their use their products visit their parks all that stuff so i don't know one thing that we've been pushed on since we've been here at lessonly is to make b2b marketing exciting 
it just doesn't have to be like boring honestly you know what I'm saying like people are not interested in reading things that you know are mind-numbingly dull and they want to see like clothing lines and podcasts and ebooks that are full of colors not just full of statistics and things like that and like while those things are all valuable so much of it is like how you package it and deliver it because yeah businesses will be the ones buying less and and there'll be so many people in the room making the ultimate decision in the final column whether or not that's this offer for their team but at the end of the day like people we are emotional people and we make decisions based on emotions rather than logic in a lot of ways and if we can influence the emotions of people through the content we're producing, then we're doing something special. Yeah. And I want to get, there's so much you said there that I definitely want to unpack here in a minute, but I got to ask you first, are you a Disney plus uh, subscriber? You already know it. I was looped in. <laughs> so with through Verizon, we were given like a year long, like free access thing to Disney plus and their marketing plan worked brilliantly and I don't want to give it up. So I pay them my seven ninety nine a month or whatever it is. <laughs> I, I need to get on it. Everyone's talking about the Mandalorian. I feel like I'm missing out right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Highly recommend. Uh, Ra- Rachel, what about you? What, what are some, co- what is a company that maybe inspires you? Yeah. So, oh, years back um, when I was in college and when social media was really like coming into the scene for businesses, not, you know, for personal use, we had someone who managed the social media channels for Southwest come. And after talking to her and just hearing about like their company's mission and how they view their customers, like they kind of got a brand fan for life from me. And I have just always appreciated how they view and try to do everything they can to create a memorable experience like through flying. Like you've seen so many viral videos or stories of like a Southwest flight attendant, like set up a proposal on on a flight or like it was somebody's birthday and they had the entire plane saying happy birthday like that's not in their job but that is something that just like when I hear those types of stories and then they say it came from a southwest flight like I'm never surprised because I've just always had great experiences with them and I think my appreciation for them really grew when the pandemic hit because I'm a Southwest Rewards member. So I get all of their emails, all of their communications. And I just really appreciated their candor from their, you know, CEO and their executive team of like everything that they were doing, but also just, you know, recognizing like, hey, you might not be flying right now. And when you are ready to fly, we're here for you. And this is what we're doing to make you feel safe. And I just always appreciate that they're not necessarily trying to push a product but really creating a more memorable experience, whether you're flying for work or whether you're flying for a family vacation. I've just always really appreciated how they approach their marketing and their communication to other people. Okay. So we've got a entertainment company, probably the biggest entertainment company (laughs) in the world with Disney. We've got a, a travel company and we're talking about them as areas of inspiration for two content creators in the B2B marketing space. And I think what I picked up on by listening to both of you talk about why those brands inspire you is because they create really great experiences. And I think experiences are something that is lacking in B2B marketing. People are trying to push people through their process to generate leads so they can give those leads to their sales teams so the sales teams can call them a hundred times and try to get them pushed through their funnel. And so instead of creating experiences, a lot of B2B companies are 
forcing their process on their market. I, my, from my observations, I think the reason why Lesson Lee kind of stands out is that's not how you're approaching it. But maybe before we get to talking about Lesson Lee and what you're doing from a content and experience perspective, maybe we can talk about just like, what are your thoughts on those like B2B experiences that we've all gone through when researching content and researching information? Talk to me maybe about just some of those uh, hurdles that you're going through on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, one of the first things that comes to mind for me is just like the gated content experience on websites where, okay, so I'm like scrolling through LinkedIn and I see a cool PDF that I would love access to, but I have to give them my email. So I'm basically like going through this dilemma in my mind of like, do I want to sign up for spam from XYZ B2B company for the next like three months for this PDF or not? And, and I say spam because often those emails are just like kind of dry and like, you know, Hey, like would love to connect with you about our software. Here's exactly what we do. You interested? And like, there's just such an opportunity to make that more fun. Like the whole experience of getting an email is like, like that's a touch point, you know what I'm saying? And like, yes, it's just a note in someone's inbox, but I feel like that's just an area within B2B marketing that, that could be like polished up in a certain way. Rachel, do you have anything to add here? No, you took the words right out of my mouth. I immediately, as like Brett was asking this, thought of all of these experiences where I have to pass through so many gates to just read a piece of content. And I think that is an awful experience. Like as a user, you're, you're wanting to research information for a reason. So you should make that as easy and user friendly for someone who is not a customer could potentially be a prospect who is a customer no matter what. And so whether that is a blog post, an ebook, a recording of a webinar, I think there needs to be a lot of thought and intentionality, like planning wise of, okay, if we gate this content, why are we gating it? Does it make sense? And then like, what is the follow-up going to be like? Because like Olivia said, I kind of went through this period right before we you know broke for the holiday where I was just unscribing to on all of these emails that like I realized okay I've gotten added to their email list because I've viewed content in the past and none of these emails are catered towards me it's probably the same email that thousands of other people are getting and right now my inbox is full so I want to make sure I and making room for the things that are catered to me, that are personal to me. And if gating content, if that's your only production piece, you know, after you gate something, I just, it's a terrible experience. And it's one of my least favorite <laughs> things from a consumption side, um, just having to fill out all of these forms to get information and forms that like ask like 10 to 15 different questions. Like there, there, there are software and tools out there that can intelligently like read all of that. So sometimes all I have to, all I have to fill out is like my email or even like what I do versus my name, what state I am in, how many employees our company has. Like, I think that is a whole other spectrum of a terrible user experience in itself. Yeah. And if you're, if you're asking me all of those questions and you're asking me for my address, you better be sending me a birthday card with a gift certificate (laughs) to my favorite brand or something like that. But it's just that that is such a painful experience. And I think everyone out there can relate with that. And, you know, as, a, as someone who's been in the, the B2B marketing game my entire career, like I'm the first to raise my hand and be like, hey, 
I'm, I'm guilty of putting this experience on other people because oh, yeah. this is the way we've, we've done it. But I think we're just in this incredible time period with company B2C companies that are just elevating, creating incredible customer experiences. Like I, I'm a diet Coke fiend. Okay. And I, I didn't have any diet Coke this weekend or it was running low and I got on Amazon and Amazon was sold out and I got on Instacart and I said, I decided I want to leave my house and in India, it was snowing. It was a mess. So I Instacarted some diet Coke. It showed up on my front doorstep in like, I, it was two clicks diet Coke on my doorstep less than an hour. I mean, so those are the experiences as consumers of things we purchase in life that we're going through. Why does it have to be that way when we're trying to go evaluate research and maybe look at your product? I think that's a huge roadblock and a hurdle just as content consumers that we can, in our position as B2B marketers, help destroy, create better experiences and kind of share with our audience that this is not, these aren't our expectations. We know you don't want to go through this. What we're trying to do is create really kick-ass experiences so you can engage with our brand. We come from a place of abundance and we're here to educate. Yeah, could not agree more. One thing too to just consider with like experiences is you should not have to beg people to become your customers. You know what I'm saying? Like if they want you, like we think about this often with some of our like more brand plays is what we call them for content. Like every now and then we're like, ah, like this is not going to drive like MQLs, marketing qualified leads. Like that's what we really need here. And like, yes, we need those. And like, we are still a B2C or B2B company where like we hand those leads off to our sales team. Like we are like, like you were saying earlier, like we are guilty too of some of these same processes because like that is how like early scale up B2B companies run typically and how they run healthily. But like one thing that we're noticing with these brand plays is like we are attracting the right people, not by begging them to read our sales coaching tips, but by like showing them really cool llama beanies where they're like, huh, maybe I'll go to lessonly.com and see what these people are even all about. So that's been huge for us. I think like we don't need to be desperate necessarily for customers. And like, while yes, we want more customers. It doesn't need to be like a please, please, please download this PDF, please kind of experience. Well, it humanizes us as a company. It puts actual Mm -hmm. faces behind, you know, we're not just lessonly, we are lessonly. And here are our llamas that you will be working with, whether, you know, you're talking about buying the product or when you are a customer and you have a customer experience manager who's helping you create your training and improve your training program. I think pieces like that really help boost that brand confidence and that brand affinity where it's like, yes, I love their software, but I also love who they are and what they stand for as a team. So I think those pieces are just as beneficial as your tried and true. Here's a playbook or here's a template that you could use. You know, I think it's a, it's a smart to balance the two in your content calendar as you're thinking through that. I love it. We're going to get into the content, but before we do, I got to ask, I've seen on LinkedIn, I've seen it on Twitter. I maybe even saw Kyle, actually I did this morning on Twitter, you know, he's posting his, uh, his lessonly, uh, branded gear clothing line. Like what's up with that? Talk to me about the clothing line. Yeah, for sure. So Ali Lama and co is a clothing line that honestly was driven mostly by our brand manager, Helen Gardner. She's wanted it for years and she was like, guys, now is the time. We should just, we should just do it. And so uh, we partnered with Screenbroidery. They're the providers of the actual 
materials for the store. And then we just built a Shopify site and create site and created the design images for it and the copy for it and then launched it. So um, using Screenboarding and Shopify was actually fairly simple. And the heart behind it is like what I was saying earlier, like give people an opportunity to engage with our brand, even if they don't know what Lessonly is. Like if you look at the site, we don't have like, I think we have powered by Lessonly at the bottom, but like the logo isn't our little Lessonly L, it's a llama. And the goal of that is basically in the name of what we were saying earlier of like balancing, like there are certain places where it's like great to ask for emails, great to like provide the template. And there are other places where it's fun just to play. And we 100% see Ali Lama and Co as a place to play. Um, and we use it too in our sales cycle. Like I know like AEs now um, we're setting up integration with like postal, which is what we use for direct mail sends where they can essentially like select an item on Ali Lama and Co and send it to a prospect. So it's useful in that regard too. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, it do, it's different. It's different. And I think yeah. doing things that are different like that stands out in B2B marketing and it's definitely caught my attention. I want to talk, maybe spend some time here on the content side. I think one thing that stood out during our prep call that was mentioned is, and I don't remember the exact quote and Rachel, maybe you can help me out, but you said something about how at Lessonly, like everyone is a writer. Everyone is, is there and everyone should be contributing to writing or something to that effect. Talk to me about just like that idea of just like people as contributors to the content that you're creating. Yeah. Um, so here at Lessonly, we do kind of have this mantra where everybody at Lessonly is a writer. So um, yes, Olivia and I are our content team and we primarily work with our content, but especially for blog post, as we are looking at our content calendar every quarter and we come across like, okay, we want to write a blog post about what type of training a new sales manager should have. Like that's that's not Olivia and I's world. We, we're, we're not a brand new sales manager. So why not go to someone on our sales team who was recently promoted from a rep to a manager and ask them to write a blog post about, hey, what type of training was really beneficial to you to go from a rep to a manager um, and kind of share that experience through a blog post. So we have found that to just be a really cool angle to take from our content. It's a way of empowering other people across the company to feel like they can take a topic and run with it and put their own personal spin to it. And, you know, we go through an editing process and it lives on the blog. And it's just a cool way to get a lot of different expert opinions and voices and personalities to kind of live on our blog. And it's, another great way to also scale our content production. You know, Olivia and I are only two people. We can't write 40 blog posts (laughs) in two weeks and, you know, get them out. But when you activate and empower other people on your team to write, uh, it's a really cool way to kind of speed up that content production cycle and really hear from people who are living, you know, that sales world or that customer service world on a daily basis. So yeah, um, you're, we were pretty much right on the money in terms of a uh, quote. We've always said, you know, everybody's a writer at, at Lessonly. And, and that, I, it sounds like that's like the company mantra and probably comes from the top all the way down, which I think is important. And, you know, we've all, we as c- content or marketers have been in that position where 
we, much like you're describing, have been quarterbacking the process and trying to get people involved who are subject matter experts to contribute to content. And sometimes it's just like pulling teeth because you say blog posts and people are overwhelmed and that's a priority that's easily pushed off. So talk to me maybe about just, is it that is it the, the, the way that it's kind of ingrained in the culture of Lessonly that everyone gets it and understands and wants to contribute? Or is it still feel like pulling teeth in a way? Or is it a kind of a hybrid of both? That's a great question. I would say it sort of depends on the quarter and what we have going on. We used to present the opportunity basically as like a Google spreadsheet. We were like, here are all of the opportunities of all of the different blog posting topics you could write about. Throw your name in if you're interested. And some people would and some people wouldn't. But what we've been doing lately that we're having a lot more success with is like handpicking people essentially where it's like, hey, Lauren, I know you were just promoted, like Rachel was saying earlier, from a sales rep to a brand new sales manager. And we have a blog post for SEO purposes that's all about sales management and like what what makes a great sales trainer. Would you be interested in writing this blog post? And I think people feel... Like, yes, there, it, there is a certain cultural piece of like people at Lessonly are like so excited to help other people out, even if it's not in their job description. So that's helpful. But honestly, it's like something different and outside of their day to day. And when they feel like I was hand chosen and I am like the best person at Lessonly to be writing this blog post, there's something about them that's like, all right, I can do this. So I don't know. And we end up with way better content. You know what I'm saying? Like Rachel was saying earlier, like it's one thing if I write what, about what it's like to be a new sales manager, but I've never even worked in sales. So how would I know? Really, 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 I could do research, but um, Lauren, it's her day to day. So yeah, to answer your question, definitely a hybrid. It, and one of the things and just hearing you talk about it, and one of the things I think marketers don't focus in enough on is just, yes, our job is to externally market, to try to d- build a brand, cr- generate demand, but what's just as important is marketing internally. And it sounds like you have a process to get people to want to contribute in a way where they understand, you know what, like, this is cool. I've seen what they're doing. I'm the best person at the company. They're telling me that. So why wouldn't I do that? Like that makes people feel good when you can tell people like, Hey, like your experience really matters and will help us out here. People are typically more inclined to, to want to contribute. So I think that's awesome. And it, it probably is a reason why your content is standing out. Maybe we can close with this. I know that you guys are constantly thinking about quarterly campaigns. There's a whole process that goes into building your campaigns and the content that supports it. Maybe like share with me just in in that whole big overwhelming process that we all go through, like how you're thinking about it. And then not only how you're thinking about it, but then how are you thinking about just the distribution of all the work you're doing? Yeah. So we take quite a bit of time in having both internal conversations with other people on our brand and demand team and also conversations cross-functionally as we're looking at what campaigns we want to have over the next quarter, next six months. Um, And, you know, it's a combination of where we are as a product, where the market is going, things that are happening to kind of influence the, the market. You know, COVID, when it hit, it was like, we need to start talking more about remote training and remote training best practices. So we need to create a campaign around it. So it's a lot of conversations between us as a brand and demand team and cross-functionally with you know our sales, AE, all of that um, as to what, what is most beneficial. And right now, 
ironically, as you asked this, we are having a lot of conversations with our enablement team as far as, okay, what does the activation piece of it look like now? Like, we're going to produce this piece. How can it be used in cadences? How can it be used in reach out? Is this even beneficial for your team? And at what stage could it come into play and be useful for you guys? So that's something that we're really looking at for this year to kind of um, leverage and improve that process of, we have this great piece of content now, how can the rest of the Lessonly team use it and share it um, you know, versus us just sharing it on social and people finding it, it through like an organic search. So I think it's a really healthy balance of thinking across all of those different phases to make sure that the content that you're producing is worthwhile and beneficial for everybody involved. I love that. Anything to add, Olivia? Uh, no, it's just such a timely question that you asked us because yeah. this is the first week of our new fiscal year. And I met with my manager yesterday. And one thing she challenged me on for this fiscal year is like, okay, like by the end of the 52 weeks we have ahead of us, like let's become experts at weaponizing our content. She's like, it's so good. She was just like, how do we get it in the right hands as fast as possible? And those right hands are our sellers. So they know how to give it to their prospects and our AM. So they know how to give it to their customers and like, what what other things aren't we even thinking about? You know what I'm saying? What other ways can people access content that they actually want to read and consume or watch or listen to or whatever it may be? So yeah, it's it's been interesting because I feel like Rachel and I talk all the time about how we're like a content machine, like the creation of content. Like we could create whatever it is that you want. That sounds arrogant. We couldn't create anything. <laughs> but like we can create, like you want an ebook, we can create an ebook. We'll figure it out, but it's getting it in the right hands. That's the challenging part. Yeah, I love how you're uh, the weaponizing it and talking about dis- distribution to your salespeople. It is a challenge, but th- it's it's got to be that constant focus. And my feedback to you on that, I love it. Just whenever you get the first sa- salesperson to win a deal, because of this process, make sure you you package that up. And you showcase it and tell everyone on the team about it because salespeople, obviously, if you're winning deals, they're all paying attention to it. And I found that the more you can build internal case studies and distribute them, the Mm. more people are inclined to buy into the program that you're building. This was so so much fun, so much great feedback. Uh, I learned a ton about what why Lessonly has had such a big impact on the market. You got this is a marketing show, so I got to put it out there. What what, what are you plugging? What what can people go find at Lessonly and check out? Great question. Rachel, anything coming right to mind? We talked about Ali Lama and Co. So if you're looking yeah. for new t-shirts and sweatshirts, you should go to alilama.co. Yeah. I mean, we're work from home. We've got some comfy joggers, uh, t-shirts, <laughs> sweatshirts. Uh, I live in those joggers on a weekly basis. So uh, definitely check that out. I think too, if you kind of just want to get a feel for Lessonly and who we are, we recently launched this really cool ebook, not talking about, you know, sales tactics and customer service training, but it's actually called uh, Lessonly Life Lessons. And it includes quotes from some of our teammates about what they learned during 2020 in kind of this phase of remote work. And it it's just really cool to hear how our team kind of learned and grew and the quotes range everything from, you know, how to prioritize like mental health and your social well-being, but also, you know, realizing kind of like focusing on goals and 
just you know, like family time and balancing work life and all of that. So I think it's really cool. And it kind of gives you a feel for who we are as llamas and an inside look into the lesson lead team. I love it. I'm going to have to get some of those joggers. That's all I've been wearing for 11 months. <laughs> I don't think I can wear jeans again. No, but even no. our pants with buttons. Yeah, we 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 have coined those as real pants. If you have to, <laughs> if you have a zipper and you have buttons, those are real pants, and uh, none of us have room for those right now. So, uh, <laughs> Brett, Brett, we'll have to touch base with you after this. See if we can get get you a pair of awesome llama joggers. That'd be awesome. Uh, this was so much fun, everyone. Go check out the awesome work of the fine people at Lessonly. Uh, thanks so much and uh, talk to you both soon. Awesome. Thanks, Brett. I still can't get over the excitement around delivering really good customer experiences and just the, the reaction on bad customer experiences that we have in B2B marketing. That's validation for what we're working on right now. Thank you, Rachel and Olivia, for your participation in that If you like what you're doing, hit the subscribe button on the show. Have a great weekend. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And we will be back on Monday with a new one.